chapter 21. All power to the forward shields. Repeat all power to the forward shields. I can't get to the control boards, Captain. Tear off the roof of the mother. Incoming energy attack detected. Ooh, hoorah. Direct all energy into the defense shields. Defense shields are currently dysfunctional. Boom. Give up the funk, no fleet, fleetless, dancing fleet, funk fleet. Ha, give me the girl, old man, E-Grace Starfleet in your face, sucker. Now, tear the roof off the mother. Await in your command, Captain. We can still save the Uhura. Tear the roof off, tear the roof off. An alarm sounds, and it's like a farting elephant. There's been an attack on the Uhura. I quickly get up out of bed, my head still fuzzy and my body wobbly, and I turn about every which way, trying to remember where I am. The cool wooden floors squeak under my bare feet, and the tall white walls feel as if they're spinning and inching closer to where I'm standing, almost squeezing me in. I'm not home in my own bedroom in Huntsville, for sure. This is Daddy's house, and I'm in my bedroom he's set aside for me. My bedroom for now. I stand still when the alarm sounds again, and I realize that I'm now acclimated. This will be home for the whole summer. The alarm buzzes a third time. It rolls and waves through the whole brownstone. Mr. Freeman, where's Ebony Grace? A girl's voice calls from outside. I'm here to start my shift. Buzz, roll, buzz. Buzz, roll, buzz. Mr. Freeman! I rub my eyes and I shake my head hard to force myself into the present. It's morning. I'm in Harlem. No, it's no joke city. And Queen Diva Diane is outside ready to take me as her prisoner again for the day. I hear Daddy's bedroom door squeak open, and it sounds like an old yawning dog. Oh, come on, Diane. He's up on that buzzer now. Daddy's bare feet stomp down the stairs. I can still hear Diane's big, big mouth at the front door, three stories down. I didn't get paid yesterday, Mr. Freeman, and you said if I watch her for the whole week, I'll get 50 bucks. Broomstick. Daddy's voice roars up the stairs. Diane's here. Time to get up. I jump right back into bed, and I slip under the covers. Daddy calls my name again, and I squeeze my eyes shut when I hear him coming back up the steps. He's standing right above me when I start fake snoring really loudly. Broomstick, oh, come on. I know you didn't sleep through all that noise. Your little country ears ain't used to all this racket. Wake up now. Slowly, I open my eyes and moan. I roll over on my other side and moan even harder. I curl myself like, or I curl into myself like a baby and hold my belly and moan some more. What's wrong with you, broomstick? I don't feel so good, Daddy, I say, making my voice sound like sandpaper. He steps out of my bedroom, stands at the top of the stairs, and yells, Diane, what'd you feed my baby girl yesterday? Oh, no, let me guess. She's sick, Diane yells back. Don't you put that on me, Mr. Freeman. My job was to watch her, not spoon feed her. Do I still get my 20 bucks for yesterday and today? I don't care if she gets her 20 bucks or not. I need her to go away so I can be free. Daddy, my belly really, really hurts, I whine. Daddy exhales and rushes down the stairs. I sit up in bed and press my ear toward the window. Look, these things happen, Diane. She can't come outside with you, but she'll be all right by tomorrow. I can't pay you for work you didn't even do, Daddy says. 
Well, Mr. Friedman, my auntie says her car still sounds like it got a bad cough after she paid you for that not-so-new muffler you put in, Diane says. Then I don't hear anything. Thank you, Mr. Freeman. Diane squeals. See you tomorrow. I rush to the window to see if Daddy really did give her money when she didn't even work for it, and I catch Diane looking up. Our eyes meet. She smiles and waves. Feel better, Ebony Grace. Too bad you'll be missing out on practicing with the 9F crew. I pull away from the window. Who said I wanted to practice with the ice cream flavors anyway, with their stupid moves and their stupid rope and their stupid outfits? And I refuse to call them a crew. Daddy comes back upstairs. I just paid Diane for babysitting you today, Ebony. His voice is different and he doesn't call me broomstick. Now, if your mama calls, tell her. No, just don't pick up the phone. And don't go calling Huntsville either. Just lay low, okay? I gotta get to the shop. You know where the bathroom is. And there's some cereal, bread, and cheese downstairs. If you ain't feeling right, just ease up on the cheese, okay? I'll come back later with some Robitussin. I ain't got none in the house. I remember to make my sick face and hold my stomach as he talks. He believes me. This whole playing sick thing wouldn't fly with Mama at all. I never tried it with Granddaddy. Mom never had to. When the door is closed, I stand upright, hands at my sides, ready to salute a captain, any captain. So I turn toward the window and I salute the wide blue sky. At your service, Captain Fleet, I say loud and clear. I quietly put on my Return of the Jedi t-shirt and pair of acid-washed jeans that I begged Granddaddy to buy me because Mama said dungarees aren't ladylike. Then I wait to hear Daddy leave the house and walk over to the shop. When I'm sure that all is clear, I swing open the bedroom door because Daddy's brownstone is now a radio tower atop the highest peak on Planet Boombox. All systems go, I shout. The stairs leading down to the first floor become a bunch of radioactive bars that will send shockwaves up to my brain if I'm not careful. I gently step into each wire to avoid being electrocuted. Cadet E. Grace Starfleet to Captain Fleet, I whisper into my communicator. I'm here at the Sonic King's radio tower. Do you copy, Captain Fleet? Do you copy? Copy E.T., I mean E.G. I jump and I look all around because the voice comes out of nowhere. Then someone pokes his head out from the bottom of the stairs, giggling. It's Uncle Rich. You got one heck of an imagination, little girl, he says. A woman wearing a fancy silver dress tiptoes out of Uncle Rich's bedroom, holding a pair of silver high heels in her hand. She smiles and winks at me before she comes down the steps. Well, this here is Carol, and she was a figment of your imagination location then. All right? I nod and smile. Then they both quietly leave out the front door, and finally the house is all mine. I'm coming for you, Captain Fleet, I yell out to the walls and ceiling and dusty old furniture, and maybe even that stuffy, no-joke city air. I got you now, Captain Fleet. You'll be bait for your space cadet. Have her crawling to my feet. The sonic boom has sealed your doom. Come on now, E-Grace. Hear the bass all up in your face. Gonna make you dance up in this space. Let go of that soul. Let the music take control. Move to the beat, Starfleet. Shake your funk and feel the... Shake your junk and feel the funk. Ha, get down, get down. Dip, trip, shake your hips, hop, stop, pop, and lock. Make your body rock. Captain Fleet, I've been beamed onto Planet Boombox, and the Uhuru is out of commission, sir. Do you copy? Captain Fleet, do you copy? Captain Fleet. 
I'm easing down the radio tower trying to get to Captain Fleet when a loud booming sound almost makes the whole planet shake. I don't have to move closer to the first floor window and look up at the sky to know it's the sonic boom. The sonic king will have it no other way. He's set on taking control of the whole universe with that booming sound of his. I don't even bother covering my ears. Ever since I first walked into Daddy's house, I've imagined sliding down all these stairs as if it were a ventilation shaft in a space station. So I sit on my butt in one of those steps. I've already been electrocuted by the radioactive bars. So I let my body slide down each step with a bump and another bump while I squeal, Wee! until I reach the very last step. I let my body fall back. I pretend to be unconscious. My body's been electrocuted and the sonic boom has taken over my soul. I've lost all control. I don't even move when I hear the front door opening wide, letting in more of that heavy pounding bass. It makes my heart jump and my inside dance. It's taken over everything. E.G., you all right, someone shouts. I open my eyes to see Uncle Rich again bent over me with his gold chain swinging back and forth. Behind him is another lady friend, not the same one as before. She wears short shorts like the one Diane, ones Diane wears and a tight striped shirt like the one Bianca wears. Her hair is slicked back, into sh- slicked back to show off her gold trapezoid earrings. Again, with those earrings as if they're magnetic receptors for the sonic boom. I jump to my feet. My butt is sore, but I look back up the stairs wanting to go for another slide. I was just trying to save Captain Fleet when the Sonic King trapped me with his sonic boom, I say. Is that right, Uncle Rich asks, putting an arm around his lady friend. On what planet did you just come back from, E.G.? Let me guess, Mars, Mercury, Uranus, he laughs loudly, slapping his knee and pulling in his lady friend even closer. I always like that one, Uranus. Nope, none of those planets, I say, walking over to Not Carol to check out her outfit. I was on planet Boombox trying to rescue Captain Fleet from the evil Sonic King and the Funkazoids. Not Carol giggles. That's kind of cool, little girl. The Funkazoids sound like a good name for a rap group or dance crew or something. I roll my eyes. I wasn't talking to her in the first place. No, Carol. The Funkazoids can never be a crew. Crews are heroes. Crews go on adventures. Crews work together for the good of all mankind. Uncle Rich laughs, but not Carol cocks her head to the side. Wait a minute now. Who's Carol? Get on up, baby. Gotta talk some sense into my niece, Uncle Rich says to his lady friend. While she's at the top of the stairs, Uncle Rich walks closer to me, digs into his pocket, and pulls out a dollar. Now this is what we call hush money. I ain't got much of it, so if you spill the beans again, you gonna owe me double. I don't take it and say, A dollar's all you got, Uncle Rich? <laughs> my granddaddy gave me a whole twenty. Your granddaddy gives you hush money, huh? Now I ain't got your granddaddy's kind of money. Nobody here does. So if you know what's good for you, little girl, you'll keep your little mouth shut anyway. Why don't you go on outside to play with your little friends? That Puerto Rican girl from downstairs is out there playing double dutch. Go on out there and be a little girl and play little girl games. Be a little girl, I mumble under my breath. Not Carol is making her way back down the stairs. Don't you make me wait too long, Daddy, she says in a syrupy sweet voice that hurts my ears. Daddy? I say under my breath. I watch as Uncle Rich goes upstairs with that woman. He pinches the lady's butt and she squeals, hitting him on the arm. So I yell, bye, Carol. Nice meeting you. Who's Carol? I hear her say. You go outside, little girl. Uncle Rich yells back. 
but I don't go outside because Bianca and the nefarious mignonettes are busy playing with those stupid telephone cords. I stand in the doorway and I watch as Bianca jumps in, the ropes gliding beneath her feet, her legs moving to the rhythm. Bip, 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 bip. The mignonette starts singing a song about a boy named Jack and how he's nimble and quick, and he jumps over a candlestick. Then they start counting down as if they're getting ready to launch Bianca into space. Ten, nine, eight. Bianca does a trick where she jumps over one leg as if it were a rope, too. Seven, six, five. Another girl is outside the rope getting ready to jump in. I can see a disaster coming for sure. As a space cadet, I've learned to predict outcomes based on mathematical equations using space-time equilibriums. There isn't any space inside those spinning telephone cords, and there isn't any time for Bianca to jump out. Four, three, two, no! I yell as loud as I can. Abort mission now! I repeat, abort mission now! I open the door and I run down the front stoop to stop the spinning telephone cord and enough time for Bianca to jump out. But instead of grabbing the cord by my hand, it slaps me in the face, gets tangled in my arms and legs, and I trip landing right on my butt. The pain shoots up my back and goes straight into my head, forcing me to cover my ears because everything about that moment, the sonic boom, the spinning rope, the falling on the grounds, comes crashing down right over my head, and it hurts. Chapter 22 Bianca went all the way to the corner store, a bodega, she calls it, to buy long tubes of red ices to soothe some of the soreness on my body. There's one on my head, one on my back, and one on my butt as I lie face down on Daddy's beat-up, dusty couch. It smells just like him. Car grease, cigarettes, beer, and Johnson & Johnson's baby powder. That's what you get for trying to make me fall again, Bianca says as she tries to stop the cold, wet ices from sliding off my head and back. Boomerang, who goes around and comes around. What goes around, comes around. I wasn't trying to make you fall, I said. I was just trying to save you. I don't need you to save me. Yeah, you do. You just don't know it yet. Why are you so weird? And how come you didn't grow up already? You still act like you're nine. She doesn't know what she's saying. Her mind is gone. The sonic boom has taken control. Then I say, if you're so grown up, then what were you doing jumping in that rope then? Is it your day job? so you can pay your grown-up bills. We're playing, but it's not like how you play. We're actually doing something, not pretending to be on spaceships and going to other planets or whatever. It's my imagination, I start to say, but I stop. It's no use. Explaining any of this to her will be like screaming on the other side of a giant blast door. She can't hear me. She can't see me. Bianca, you can go home now. Okay, adios, she gets up from the couch, leaving me with an icy red alien receptors all along my back and on my head. But when Bianca opens the front door, Daddy is on the other side, holding out his keys. Hey, Butter Pecan, I didn't know you were hanging out with Broomstick. Hi, Mr. Julius, I was just leaving, she says. Oh, wait a minute, Daddy says, picking up a big flat cardboard box from the ground and nudging Bianca to come back inside. Got some pizza for lunch. You can help me and and Broomstick finish it off. I watched Bianca's eyes move from the box and then to me and back. Did you get pepperoni, Mr. Freeman? She closes the door and follows him into the living room. Sure did, and you can bring some to your grandmother if you like. 
Abuela doesn't eat pizza, Bianca says, and she walks right past me into the kitchen with Daddy. Daddy doesn't even ask me what's wrong when he passes. So I slowly get up from the couch, feeling a little hurt, let the red ices fall to the floor, and sit with my sometimes best friend at the small table. Feeling better, broomstick? Daddy asks. I knew a slice or two would get you out of your funk. But you've got to take some of this Robitussin first. Mama makes me take Robitussin for everything from a skin knee to a bellyache. I swallow a spoonful from Daddy, even though I wasn't really sick in the first place. But it'll make my sore body feel better for sure. I don't get to eat pizza down in Huntsville, I say, after letting the syrupy sweetness ease down my throat. I just want to have a regular old conversation. The doors to my imagination location are completely shut for now because I'm glad Bianca stayed. I have to think of normal things to talk about. That's because you don't got have no cause you don't have no pizzerias, she asks, as Daddy puts out place in front of us. I shrug. Maybe we do. I don't know. Mama likes me to eat food that she makes. Says she knows what's stirring in it. Bianca giggles a little. I'll get in trouble if Abuela finds out I'm eating pizza. She says her arroz con habichuelas is better. She doesn't like wasting money on other people's food. I giggle too. Right. Other people's food might have some mind-controlling poisons that'll make you start eating your fingers and your hands and your arms. And before you know it, you'll be eating your friends and your mom and your dad and whoever puts the mind-controlling poison into the food will take over the world because everybody will start eating each other and it'll be an apocalypse and planet Earth will become the new home for aliens and... Ebony Grace. I jump when Daddy yells my name. Bianca's eyes are wide and my mouth hangs open as she stares at me. I did it again. I didn't mean to. I shrink in my seat and I put my head down on the table. My butt is still sore. It throbs against the chair. And I wish it was some sort of signal from Captain Fleet letting me know that I'd be beamed up onto the Uhura real soon. But there is no Uhura. Everything is under the control of the sonic boom, including me. Now would you stop talking crazy so you don't scare your little friend away, Daddy says, as he places a warm, gooey slice of pizza on my plate. Your mother warned me about this, told me not to entertain these outrageous stories of yours. Daddy walks into the kitchen to sit in front of the TV set in the living room. I sit up, and without looking over at her, I can tell Bianca is almost finished with her slice of pizza. Slowly, I pick up the pepperoni and cheese and nibble on the crust. I'm still working on my first slice when Bianca picks up a second and a third. What's the matter? Your abuela doesn't feed you enough roots and parachutes, I ask. Roots and parachutes, I ask. No, arroz con habichuelas. Whatever. My mama was right. You little street urchins ain't got no home training. Your grandma don't feed you right, I say, sighing before I bite into the pizza. I'm doing good. I'm making normal conversation again. What? Excuse you? Bianca stands, puts her hands on her hips, and rolls her neck just like the mignonettes. I pop my eyes out at her. You're practically eating a whole box of pizza by yourself. You are so stupid. My abuela does too feed me right. I just like pizza, that's all. And what about you? Your mama wakes you, makes you wear boys' clothes? And you're just a five-year-old in a 12-year-old's body with those stupid baby games? Baby games? I'll watch her as she takes another bite of my daddy's pizza. Pizza that he paid good money for. And she's sitting on my daddy's chair, in my daddy's kitchen. And she even lives in my daddy's house. So I grab that pizza right from her mouth and right from her hands. If you're going to be rude, then you might as well not eat my daddy's pizza. 
Give it back to me, she squeals. Her voice is like a whistle when she yells. She grabs the slice and I grab it back from her. Like I told you, you need to get out of my daddy's house if you're going to be calling me a baby. You called me a street onion. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Hey, 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 hey. Daddy comes rushing into the kitchen. Y'all gots to be kidding me. I'm squeezing half of the pizza slice with my hand and the cheese sauce and pepperoni are oozing through my fingers as if I just dug into Mars red-hot soil. Bianca's hands are dirty too and she doesn't let go. We're both holding on to the pizza as if it were the last slice on earth. I grind my teeth, scrunch my face, and I try to use the force like Darth Vader does to throw a nearby toaster at her. Both of you, put that pizza down. We don't move. We're staring so hard at each other that laser beams might as well be shooting out of our eyes. Let that food go, both of you. Daddy yells even louder than before. We let the slice drop down onto the table. Bianca just stares at her hands while I wipe mine on my shirt and jeans. Mama would give me a hard licking for doing that, but I don't care. She's not here, but I still want to go home. I get up from the kitchen table, run out and up the stairs to my knot room. I plop down on my knot bed and I bury my face in my knot pillow and I let out a long and loud knot cry.